don't ever lose hope. But just keep in perspective that God is always in control. And no matter when it looks like everything is flying off the handle and out of control, he has a master plan. And just, you know, stay close to him. Stay in his word. Pray. As long as there's breath, there's hope. Welcome to the Midlife Moms Podcast. My name is Amelia Rhodes. I'm your host today. And joining me again is our dear friend, Robin DeWitt Edwards. Robin, welcome back. Thank you, Amelia. And if you missed our last episode, you'll want to go back and catch up on that. Robin has been sharing her story, really her testimony and her life of faith and how God has been faithful through some really challenging times in her life. Um, But to catch you up, Robin is a wife. She's a mom to four adult children and she has 15 grandkids. And throughout her adventurous life, she's been a missionary, a youth pastor's wife, a cosmetologist, which we'll talk about today. And she and her husband, Jeff, are currently missionaries with the Navigators, which is um, the arm of church discipleship where they're training pastors and church leaders to develop this process of reproducing disciples. And we have heard that throughout your life, Robin, this passion for helping people grow in their relationship with Jesus, wherever you are. Now, where we left off in our last episode, you and your husband, Scott, had been married for 27 years. Um, He passes away in an airplane crash up in the bush of Alaska And you were getting ready to move back to Florida. You were kind of grieving and putting the pieces back together, but you stayed long enough to allow your oldest daughter to graduate from high school up there. And then God just provided all of these miraculous, wonderful provisions for you in the midst of that deep grief. And you said something that I felt was a great place to start this episode. And that was, we can't stay in our grief. We need to move through it and not carry that with us, you know, for decades to come. And here you are 21 years later, and you might still have tears and you still celebrate his life and his testimony, but walk us a little bit about that importance of moving through the grief and healing. And this is really this whole next section of this next, you know, decade of your life, how you did that with um, adult children, young adult children, and moving back to Florida and really putting the pieces together anew to make a beautiful new picture of life after that. Mm -hmm. Well, like you said, we, we packed up everything that we needed and moved from Alaska and uh, we were headed to Florida, but on the way we did a detour to California. My parents and my two sisters and their families lived there. And we actually stayed there for about a month just to be loved on and, and get their comfort and, you know, that's the town where he had been a youth pastor. So we also had a, a memorial service for him there in California. And, and part of the grieving process, I think, part of the beginning of starting to heal is having these kind of services. There's something about hearing people speak of how your loved one has ministered to them, how they have how they have grown in their walk with Christ because of th- their influence. Um, it was these, these services that we had, I mentioned in the previous that we had four in total, one in Alaska, one in Florida, one in California, and, and eventually one in Michigan. And they were healing. They, they, they started to begin the healing process. So after California, then we, then we did come to Michigan where he was born and raised, went to high school, got saved, went to college had a big influence there. And, uh, but eventually, you know, uh, we got back to Florida in the fall and um, the kids got back into school. Well, Dallas got back, my youngest got into high school 
and the daughter that graduated from high school in Alaska started a local community college here. And I knew that I would eventually probably need to get a job, but I felt like God told me to hold off for about a year to really, mm -hmm. really spend time focusing on getting, getting settled back in Florida, being there for my kids, uh, and, and just continue the grieving process. Something that I left out, not intentionally, in the last one was in all the years of ministry, and Scott and I were in 21 years of ministry between all the various um, things that you mentioned, we never would have had what we got when he was killed on the job at the air taxi. Mm. I was given workman's comp insurance, which was another blessing that God just took care of. I, I never, you know, never thought of that. And, you know, in all the years that he flew as well, I had in the back of the mind that there, there might be a day that he wouldn't come back, but that I never lived in fear as a pilot's wife, you, you know, that's a possibility, but not with my husband, you know, he was too good of a pilot. He time. was MacGyver, right? That's what he said MacGyver. last time. He could do anything. That's exactly right. He, he, he knew how to plan ahead and look ahead. I mean, even when we flew, he was always scanning the horizon in case he, he said, in case I need to set this bird down, I need to know where I'm going, you know? So I never lived in that fear, you know? And so <clears throat> never really thought about what would happen if he passed away and how was I going to support the family? Never thought about it, but God did. <laughs> and so um, with workman's comp coming in almost immediately, it was enough that I could frugally and, um, you know, carefully plan, but I could not have to get a job right off the bat. And so <clears throat> for that next year, um, I just started going back to our church, of course, you know, and got involved with, with women's ministry and still trying to be mindful not to get so busy and that I was not working my grief, like I talked about. Right. Now. Well, I have a girlfriend at this time who worked for Lifeway Christian Store. And she's a very close friend. And she said, you know, why don't you, we, we are looking for someone, we have an opening at the store. Why don't you apply? I started laughing. I said, come on. I have, I've been a ministry wife pretty much my entire adult life. I've not really had a job outside the home. Um, I've done little odd jobs here and there up in Alaska. I worked, uh, I answered phones and collected bills at the electrical co-op. And every now and then I filled in as a substitute teacher, you know, which was really a babysitting job. <laughs> but she said, you know, just come on. I'm here. I'll put in a good word for you. So um, if this was about a year later. Um, so I actually went and, and sat down with the manager and I laugh about it now because I really was talking him out of hiring me. Um, he's asking my, my story. And basically I, I didn't say it in this many words, but it was like, well, you really don't want to hire me because well, number one, I, I haven't had any experience. Um, I don't know how to use the computer. I do like books. I love books. Right. <laughs> Well, and I was rambling and he stopped me right there and he looked me square in the face and he said, you're exactly the person we want. Wow. Oh, and so God opened it. And that was another, thank you, Jesus, because here I was, you know, in my, I was 46. Scott had just turned 47 when he passed away. I was 46. I'm six months younger than him. 
never really had much of a job outside of, you know, once I got married, I was raising four children and being in ministry. Right. So the thought of getting a job was scary, but because my girlfriend was there and, you know, so the Lord just handed me this job. And of course they trained me and I was in this beautiful environment with, you know, with these Christian coworkers and lovely people would come in. I was surrounded by wonderful books and Bibles and beautiful things to decorate your home with. You know, if you ever walked into a bookstore, yeah. you know how beautiful it is and the Christian music playing. And I had access to every single grief book on the shelf that I didn't have to buy. If I was careful and didn't do any dog earring, right. <laughs> I could read it and put it back on the shelf. You know, God knew the exact place you needed to be. He gave you the time and space to heal and how wise that was to, that you had the opportunity to have a year to focus on your back in Florida, a whole new environment. You know, you've graduated your third child, your fourth one at home, like so many changes in itself to be able to take that year and focus on moving through the grief and then to land in such a place with so many beautiful people and resources again, just how he went before you just want to celebrate how he went before you and knew what you needed before you even knew. Absolutely. I, I marvel. I just marvel. I'm so thankful. It was the perfect environment for me to be in for having a first job really. And so I ended up working at Lifeway for three years. I loved every minute of it. During that time, I had the opportunity to go on a cruise with the women of faith. I think the women of faith have disbanded now and some of them are doing separate ministries, but they had their heyday. Yeah. And we actually, Scott and I and the kids, when we were Alaska, were actually planning to go on a, on an Alaskan cruise where we lived in the bush was not anywhere near the cruise ship. Right. You know, and he had worked at the air taxi long enough that he had accrued some vacation time. My daughter was graduating. It was our wedding anniversary. It was my birthday. It was a combination of things. It's like, let's just go on an Alaskan cruise. Well, we started planning that in January and by February, he was mm-hmm. gone. So now I hear about the women of faith having this cruise. And I think, so I thought, you know what? If I couldn't go with Scott and the kids, I, I, I would love to go with the women of faith. I had already been to one of their conferences and thoroughly enjoyed them. <clears throat> so I went on this cruise And uh, what's fun is when you go on a cruise with them, there's really only 500. I mean, the cruise ship is huge. There's, you know, I don't know how many thousands of people, but your group, we only had about 500 women, which gives you access and hands-on with the speakers. Oh, wow. Oh, it was wonderful. So I got a chance to actually speak one-on-one and I, and I connected with uh, one of the speakers who was going through some real trials in her life at the time. So I get back and, you know, now I'm on their uh, mailing list and I'm getting their emails and I click on an email. I, I actually do need to, to go back because when I came back, here's another provision. So when I come back to Florida, I don't have, a, I have a house. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. But I don't have a vehicle. And of course I didn't have a job, but I, I didn't need a job for that first year. But, um, we have some dear friends that also were from just a previous church experience who every couple years, they get a new vehicle. They, and, and the wife is meticulous. She keeps up her car, all the scheduled maintenance, you know, I mean, it was a prima. 
she gave, they gave me, instead of trading it in for, they gave me this beautiful, big Ford Explorer. Wow. <laughs> Huge <laughs> car. And, and this is, they had just had it all tuned up. Plus there had been a recall on the tires. So they got four brand new tires. So I'm given this beautiful gift of a vehicle, a very dependable, wonderful vehicle, have all the maintenance records, you know, it's just such a blessing. Well, eventually that car needed a little work. And so I took it to a Christian mechanic that God had directed me to. And um, he, he it needed a brake job and he didn't want to just do just one. He wanted to do like all four tires. Well, it was going to cost like 800 bucks. Right. And my children said, mom, you don't, you're not hauling four kids around to, to, you know, all their practices and everything. You don't need this big rig anymore. Why don't we talk about trading it in or selling this and getting you something that's going to be more practical for right now. Instead of putting $800 into a brake job, why don't we just put that towards a different vehicle, a newer model, you know? Okay. So my boys went with me and we found this adorable um, blue RAV4 that I loved and God provided. And so I was able to get that. Well, the um, car salesman, now mind you, we've never bought in a car from a car dealer. Scott's yeah. sister, fix it. We always get it from a private party used never bought a new car. Mm -hmm. Well, this, yeah. And this wasn't a new car either, but I'd never spoken with a salesman to offer me an extended warranty. So he wanted me to agree to that. And I said, well, listen, I, uh, I will get back with you. Let me do some research and I'll get back with you. So I go home and I get on the computer and I'm starting to do, do some research on extended warranties but I got completely overwhelmed. There's a lot of details with those between the mileage and the age right. of the car. And, and I mean, there was just a lot to know. So I just left that. I needed a brain break. So I hopped over to my emails and there's an email from the women of faith. And so I got on there and then I, um, and then I ended up going on from there. I jumped to the personal website of the, of the one uh, woman of faith that I kind of really connected with. Well, she had links. Now, mind you, this is back in early 2000, 2001 by that time. And I'm really not computer savvy whatsoever. I mean, I, I kind of avoided the computer at all costs, but you know, emails, you know. So anyway, she, have, she has a link. I don't know what a link is. And I pop on the link, upjumps eharmony.com. Oh <laughs> I didn't know what he, I'd never even heard of eharmony.com. Um, but they were offering, this is what brought me in. They were offering a free personality profile. Now, by this time I had been in my grief mode for like over two years mm -hmm. and I'm kind of always a sucker too, for a personality profile. It's like, and I'm wondering now these are perfect. This is professional. The guy who started eHarmony is a, you know, a, a marriage counselor. He's been doing this at that time for 25 years. He kind of knows what makes people tick. And I'm thinking maybe I need to get some sort of a professional assessment on how I am in my grief journey. Right. I'm thinking when I'm getting this personality profile. So I go, I jump through all the hoops and it's long with the harmony. It is a, it intense. Yeah. It's intense. Um, and they do ask some questions about, you know, when you're finding this person for you, but I didn't really pay too much attention to that because I just really wanted the personality profile. But they ask you, you know, if you want us to search for somebody, you know, within your city, your state, the whole country. And I'm, I'm the whole country because it's like, who, who cares? I, that, that, that's not what I'm doing this for. Well, so I finally got that all turned in. I start getting matches because they had a big a big pool from which to fish okay 
Okay. And now mind you, my daughter, she she's only going to the community college. So she's living at home. And so we're looking at some of these profiles and, and, um, and you only get a little smattering. I mean, unless you actually subscribe, pay a little money, you get the, you know, more, but you just get this little blurb of the, the, the guy's first name and, and where he's from and what he does for a living. And, and, and maybe how he answered like the first 10 questions on that thing. That should tell you a little right. bit. Well, I got some doozies and my daughter's, you know, she hit the delete, the set best. You're not doing that one. So, but anyway, this one pops up that says he's Jeff from, he's living in Pennsylvania and he gives us his job that he trained missionary pilots for, I don't remember how many years. And it's like, oh no, that's intriguing because I mean, there's plenty of pilots out there, but a missionary pilot is a rare breed. Okay. Yeah. So that, that, that intrigued me. And I said to my daughter, should I do this just for fun? And she said, well, mom, it's 49.95. But if you, if you get off of it in seven days, you can get your money back. (laughs) So we did it. And so then I started, you know, and everything is very anonymous. I don't know if you know anything about eHarmony, but it's very safe. It's very anonymous. He only knew that my name was Robin from Riverview and so we're going back and forth and back and forth with all these canned questions and answers from eHarmony, you know. Well, eventually the ball's in my court and it's kind of like open communication. And so I jot him just a quick little note and I say, I was fascinated that you trained missionary pilots because my late husband was a missionary pilot. And I went on and on and kind of gave a little, I just got a little wordy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he comes back with an email. Now, mind you, and it's still all, um, it's still all through eHarmony. He doesn't have my real email. He is all through eHarmony. And he goes, I was really interested in hearing from you, uh, but most of it was erased. And all I heard, and all I heard was uh, that, you know, that little bit that my late husband was a missionary pilot. Well, this was a Sunday morning and I got freaked out because (laughs) it said, I was really looking forward to hearing from you. And I thought, oh no. He wants to marry me. (laughs) (laughs) My mind went everywhere. And so let me just tell you, I went to church this morning, but I didn't hear a word of the sermon. I am composing an email in my mind telling him, I am sorry, but I can tell the emotions that I'm going through. Now, at this point, I had not taken off my wedding ring. I'm still um, thinking about my husband nonstop. I hadn't dated. Nobody had asked me for a date. I wasn't interested in a date. I was very content, as content as a new widow can be, to just be a mom, a grandma, as you know, as God led, and and go on on mission trips and yeah. minister. You know, short term mission trips. You know, I the thought of dating and remarrying had never crossed my mind. I wasn't the least bit interested. So I came home and I emailed Jeff and I said, you know, this, <laughs> he laughs now, this has nothing to do with you. You know, this is what we always say. Right. This has everything to do with me. Um, I, I can tell that I am not ready for whatever this next step, whatever this is, I, I'm not ready for it. Plus that very morning, um, one of the um, associate pastors had approached me that sadly they had just heard about a, a missionary pilot that was coming from Haiti and had a mid-air crash. And mm. now his wife was a widow and she lived on the other coast of Florida. And would I be willing to, to call her or encourage her or in any way minister to her as I, 
that I could. And of course I said, yes. Right. And so, and that was also another excuse that it's like, you know, I don't have time to develop any kind of a relationship with anybody. I am, I may even be making trips across the state to minister to this new widow. And I shared all that in the email. And so I said, you know, and it's so, uh, you know, God bless you on your search. And as soon as I'm done sending this email, I'm going to cancel my, uh, my account with eHarmony. And so that's exactly what I did. I sent it off. Well, Jeff, quick, quickly before, you know, I mean, they say they're going to cancel it. And I actually got an email confirmation they were going to cancel it, but it didn't happen just now. And he managed to sneak in <laughs> one more email. And it was a really sweet and kind, compassionate email to say, you know, I'm so sorry to hear about the new widow. And I'm, and I, um, I'm, understand i understand and so if there's any time that you would uh, i'd really like to hear your story you know and if there's any time that you would like to just communicate on a on a friend basis with no strings attached my name is jeff edwards and this is my email wow well when i got that i thought you know that was a really kind response he could have he could have been a little snarky and said well why on earth are you even on eHarmony you know, and uh, so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to jot him a quick little email and just say, you know, thank you for your kind response. And then it just kind of, I just started babbling and, you know, like I can. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then I, because he never really got the full story somewhere along the line, it got erased. Now we were out, not with ERM anymore. He had my email, I had his email and we started communicating that way and come to find out our lives really ran parallel. We have all kinds of history in Southern California and have mutual friends. And even one of his relatives was a student at a church school that we kind of fit in when Scott was getting his extra training. We'd we'd resigned our youth pastorate in one church and moved down to another location. And he kind of put together his training. And um, at the time, one of the pastors was a graduate believe it or not, from Grand Rapids Baptist College. And he heard that he had just resigned from his youth pastor. It was down in the area. Would you mind filling in for us in an interim? So every Sunday we would drive, you know, from our location to there. And so he had an opportunity to speak in chapel at that Christian school. And so this is Jeff's cousin who is wow. in this school. Here's um, Pastor, pastor Scott. Well, after she graduated, she got in a very serious car accident. There was some drunken driving involved and she was seriously injured. Her, she had very bad brain injury and damage. And so she kind of has the mentality. She's still alive today. She has the mentality of maybe a fifth or sixth grader. Mm-hmm. Well, she overheard Jeff's mom, because this is all in family relative, talking to her mother about how Jeff is dating or seeing or communicating with this girl named Robin DeWitt and her husband was Scott DeWitt was killed in a plane crash. And this cousin who now has brain damage said, I remember pastor Scott. Wow. This is Jeff's, I think second cousin. So anyway, so, and then he actually went to college with some of our coworkers on the Amazon. So we have all these, all these kind of interesting ties we find out as we're, you know, communicating back and forth. Well, eventually he wanted to um, call me. So 
he called me and and then eventually he wanted to come down and meet me in person and because he was working for us airways at the time you know he can fly anywhere and that's why another thing when he filled out his profile he said oh the whole country too because he can fly anywhere for free right so he came down to visit me he he i didn't realize he stayed for a whole long weekend uh one of my co hold on. <laughs> One of my coworkers at the, um, at the store was an elderly lady and she and her, I asked if she and her husband would be willing to put him up while, you know, he was here in the area. And so they did and got to know him. And so it just went back and forth. And eventually I flew back up there. And before you know it, we, we knew that God was leading us together. We had a, so much um, in, in common as far as ministry and and um, I was just falling in love with him. And so we got married. We got married in April of 2004. So I had been a widow for four years. Mm -hmm. I got married. We chose April because it was spring. It was new yeah. beginnings. It was just a, a fresh new way to start. Mm -hmm. um, we got married here in Florida. And but then I immediately moved up with him because he was still employed you know, mm -hmm. in, in Pennsylvania, but because I also now had the flight benefit uh, every month or so, I'd fly back to my home in Florida. So it looked like somebody was still living here. And then I had two children now that by this time that were at Liberty University. And when they would come home for any kind of breaks, um, this was their home. Pennsylvania wasn't their home. So I would fly home and be with them. So I was like a, the commuter wife. <laughs> yeah. So here you are, like your, your fresh empty nest, like your kids were out of the home, you're new and you newly launched all of your kids, newly wed, just, and again, that you were not looking for this, like God, here's God providing for you and just directing your steps before you even know what, what might be a blessing or what you might need. And only God could orchestrate out of all of eHarmony within a week. I know. <laughs> trial. Oh, I know. Well, I tease. I say, well, I got the money and the man because, you know, I got off. I got my forty nine ninety five back. <laughs> I got it. I got it all. I worked the system <laughs> unintentionally. But anyway, but you can just see God's tender care for you. And as you know, through those years of grieving and you're doing the work with the Lord to move forward and he just takes you to a place that you never could have imagined. And Absolutely. you two are such a, a good fit for each other. And he has a heart for ministry as well. And just even that parallel journey of training missionary pilots, like only God can yeah. bring such beauty from ashes like that. Absolutely. Now you get married and then you've been working at the bookstore and somewhere in here, then you became a cosmetologist. You know, you've had all these experiences. You go back to work at a bookstore and then you start this whole new career in your 50s. It's true. Well, here's the thing. Even before I met Jeff and the whole eHarmony thing happened, I, I've always loved playing with hair. I mean, even as a little girl, the first thing I notice on somebody is their hair. You know, I mean, that's just, that was just it for me. And I just, I... I, I cut my mother's hair. I would give her permanence. I would roll her hair, roll her set and put it under the dryer. You know, like, oh, my poor sisters. I would cut their bangs before a school picture. And oh, I must've been in fifth grade. They look butchered. And my mother bought every single picture. So we have living proof that I started early. <laughs> Um, but you know, all through college, I would, we'd go in the boiler room, you know, I would have gotten in trouble for being alone in the boiler room with the boy, but I was cutting hair and making, and they give me a couple quarters to, so that I could uh, do my laundry. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, but then, you know, I would cut my family's hair and, you know, on the mission field, I cut hair. I was always cutting hair, nothing more dramatic, nothing more involved than cutting hair, mm-hmm. but I loved it. And so after Scott died, I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to go to beauty school. I've loved this. I've got adult daughters that we all know as women, what it costs to get our hair cut, colored, highlighted, you know, all the, all the fun things that we love to do. I might as well learn how to really do this so my daughters will trust me and save them lots of money. At the time, my um, oldest daughter was, um, she was married and her husband was going through medical school. So they were living on loans. They didn't have a lot of extra money, you know, and my other daughter was, you know, in, in um, community college. So it's like, oh no, now she's at Liberty. But, you know, bottom line is, I think, I think that this would really work. So I got a hold of the, I didn't go to an actual beauty, uh, privately owned beauty school. I looked into a, um, uh, a technical school, which was far less expensive. I was able to pass all the tests that you need to do. You know, they wanted me to take math tests and English tests. It's like, what? I want to play with hair. <laughs> and, you're, and you're probably all. what, early, early fifties? I was in my early fifties. I'm, let's see how, uh, there's a little, there's a little trail on that one. In the meantime, I, um, I'm on a waiting list because all the other girls fresh out of high school. <laughs> want to wow. high school. <laughs> so I'm on a waiting list, you know, and, um, and then in the meantime, all this stuff started happening with Jeff and I realized this is going somewhere and I'm not, I'm going to be moving up to Pennsylvania. I'm not going to be here to go to beauty school. So I, I didn't do anything with that. So that I get a call from the administrator to say, guess what? You're off the waiting list and you can start in the fall. And I go, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I am so excited to hear that news, but sadly, but not sadly, I am actually getting married and moving away. And so thank you. Um, and um, it was exciting to think that it might happen, but I guess, I guess God has other plans for me. So I shelved that and we got married and I moved away. Well, Jeff was in ministry, obviously training missionary pilots, but then he had a long, a long time in secular uh, work, working for us airways. And when we got together, we began praying that God would lay him off hmm. so that, cause you don't want to, when you got that many years into a job, you just don't want to quit and lose all your benefits. And so we began praying in our first year of marriage that God would lay him off so that we could move back to Florida. I already have this home. He was just living in a, a rental. Um, his, his story is his, um, but mm-hmm. it has some, he has some pain to work through as well. And so I, I have this home down in Florida. And so God opens the door uh, for him to get laid off from that job. So we moved back down to Florida. And I call the administrator at the school and I say, by any chance, are those tests that I took still valid or do I have to redo them? He said, no, they are. They're still valid. And we have a spot for you. Wow. So at 53, I went to beauty school. I loved every minute of it. I was literally the grandma in the class, but it was fun because of all my years in youth work and as a youth pastor's wife, I mean, these girls are fresh. They're asking me questions about this and that and boyfriends and relationships. And I had a chance to pour into them. Um, I loved it. It was wonderful. And um, I graduated in, uh, it takes a year and I graduated a year. I got my license right away. And here is another provision. Okay. So I meet this lady at my church who is a, who's been a stylist for decades and I I just get to know her. I mean, I don't know her well, but she knows that I'm going to beauty school. Well, 
every day on my way to my classes, I see that right in my neighborhood, I mean, just off the street, I could ride there on my bike. Uh, it's a whole new plaza and they're building a, um, a first choice haircutters. And I'm thinking to myself, I am driving 50 miles round trip. I wouldn't it be wonderful if God would <laughs> let me get a job right here in my neighborhood that I could actually ride my bike to if I wanted to. But I kind of put the thought out of my mind because, you know, I still have, I have all my training ahead of me, you know, that there won't be a, a spot for me. I didn't know that much about the industry and there's, you know, coming and going and everything. Well, this lady comes to me that I met that was the stylist in my church. And she said, guess what? I've just been given the opportunity to be the manager at that new store in your neighborhood. And I'm going to save you a chair. Oh, come on now. Sure, I said, this is like March and I don't even graduate. I didn't even get done to the program until like end of September. She said, I'm saving you a chair. So here's me again. God just, you know, at 53, this is a competitive industry. And there's all these young girls that are, wanting to have jobs and and here's me no experience you know a lot of times they want to hire you with some experience 53 no experience and i have already got my chair sitting there waiting for me when i get out i didn't have to even think twice about now what am i going to do how am i going to interview for this right you know what kind of portfolio am i supposed to present that i don't even have you know i mean the lord only god i i just i don't even have words for that (laughs) i know i know and just what, what encouragement that at any age, if God directs your steps, if we listen and he directs your steps and he's saying at 53, this is a new career I have for you. And, and I know you did it for years. You cut my hair on multiple <laughs> occasions and your mother's and my mom's hair. And that was a ministry for you. Oh, it that was. chair was a ministry. For oh, you. it was. I tell you, I, I, I loved every minute of it. And I would say tease. I had a lot of believers that came in my chair, you know, w- women from church, you know, and, and other churches and in the word passed around that Robin's a Christian, you know, and so it had, and we had such sweet times of blessing, but I had many, many women sit in my chair that weren't believers and were going widows. I got to pray with widows who didn't even know the Lord. I said, do you mind if I pray for you? I mean, my little theme was I am, I'm going to win the women of the world one haircut at a time. (laughs) And you had this little pin that you wore. I did. I, another girlfriend gave it to me um, years ago, actually. And um, I mean, even before Scott passed away, it was little ruby red slippers and if you're familiar with the wizard of oz you know that dorothy always clicked her ruby red slippers and said there's no place like home well i used it i don't know if it was designed for that but i used it as a witnessing tool because people would recognize that symbol and they go oh you're ruby slippers and i would say well you know what dorothy always said you know and then we would say that i said and you know that's that's exactly right this is not my home there's no place like home my home's in heaven you know, my husband's already there and um, I have a sister that's already there. It was just, it was, it was such an easy open, yeah. you know, to witness. And, and, you know, you got you keep it light because, you know, this is a secular workplace. I could get ousted <laughs> if I put it on, you know, but God, God just gave wisdom and to when, when to say things and when not to say things. And that, that was light. That was light. You know, Hey, there's no place like home and mine's in heaven. Right. And to have that, again, that hope that you can share with those who are sitting in your chair and they're grieving or they're going through hard things. And how long did you, cause you just recently retired been, from that not yes, long ago. 
Yeah, I re actually in this past May, it was two years. I can't even believe it. But God's timing on that was amazing too. But um, I was in my salon for 13 years. I never, I stayed the same place in the same chair for 13 years. I got a nice clientele. Um, right in your was, neighborhood. Right in my neighborhood. Yeah, it was, it was tailor-made for me. God was so gracious. You talked about in the last episode, you know, the snow globe that Scott had purchased for you before he passed and the kids gave to you at Valentine's day of that, that gold that the Lord knows your steps and he, he creates such gold from, from those trials. And this is, you know, decades later now, 21 years after you see that gold, this, this marriage to Jeff, the ministry together, the new career, just all of the opportunities um, it's, that sometimes are hard to imagine we're in the, when we're in the pit of that grief. Yeah. I actually, I also am so thankful on the timing of when we decided to retire, you know, I mean, I was getting weary, you know, now I'm 66 or whatever the math is, you know, and, and standing all day, it's hard on your feet, it's hard on your knees, your back, your shoulders, your arms. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I managed to do fine. This was kind of a fun thing to do. I didn't really plan on making a huge career out of it, but little did I know, you know, you can't just graduate from beauty school and you're wonderful. You, you need some experience to get some speed and all that kind of thing. So I, I ended up there 13 years and it was because we are missionaries with the navigators. I was a huge part of our support. Yeah. You know, so anyway, um, so when I retired two years ago, it was just shy of the whole pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, we'd already figured out that it was time now to start collecting and it was old enough to start collecting Social Security and online Medicare, all these things kind of fell into place. And so, you know, my heart went out to all the stylists in my salon because they were closed for months. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and their their income, unless I mean, they, I'm sure they were doing things at home, but their income in the salon had dried up. And, and, uh, I was already all squared away with other sources of income, you know, it's like, you know, and then when they called them back, it's like, oh, all this, you know, only one client at a time yeah. and all these really complicated and involved cleansing, um, procedures. It's like, oh, I'm so glad I'm just out of it. God God it was so perfect. Again, going before you knowing what you need before you even know. And now just to be able to have this joy and freedom to see your kids and you travel a lot and your kids are all and grandkids all over the country although some of them have moved back to florida now right well that's true my son and his wife who were in ministry for years in texas moved back a couple summers ago just to be closer by family but isn't it wonderful that because i i mean when they they were in texas i have a younger son that's in ministry in california at a, at a christian camp and then my youngest daughter is in north carolina and then Jeff has two sons and they're in California. So we've got all this family, really. At one time, we only had one, only one child with four kids, four grandkids, local. So we have this flight benefit, you yeah. know, that we can just, you know, we fly for free. It's, you know, um, it's standby. So it, it comes with its, its own set of, you know, complications, but you'll never hear me complaining. <laughs> I can't beat the price. Right. <laughs> Robin, just thank you so much for sharing the joy. And we see in you the joy of the Lord. And we hear the hope that we have, that even when we go through what might be some of our worst fear, that we need not fear for he's with us and he provides every step of the way. And um, just as we wrap this episode, just want to encourage our women, and maybe you have a final word of encouragement 
about the other side, when we walk through this, you know, valley of the shadow of death, you know, as we read in, in the Psalms that we don't need to fear, we don't need to fear the evil for our Lord is with us. And your life models that so well. And we know that our listeners are walking through some deep grief. It may not be widowhood, but it might be just challenges with their kids or loss of work or loss of income. And to know that on the other side, there is hope. And just to encourage them all that wherever they are to hold on to that hope, to, to move through the grief, to not carry it with them for a lifetime, even though there's sadness. Um, just what final word of encouragement would you have for someone who's just in a tough space right now? Mm. Well, I think that it is so critical to ask God to give you perspective. I, I asked, I said, Lord, I need, I need your wisdom. I need your mind on all these, all these various stages that you have allowed me to walk through. You know, I mean, I had to, I had to come to the, tr the truth and the reality when Scott died. It's like, okay, Lord, the fact of the matter is every day is written in, in your book. Obviously Scott's mission on earth was done and there is far more to living and life than what's on this earth. I had to, I had to come to mm -hmm. the truth of some profound realities you know and so that helped me when i realized you know what his mission on earth was done it didn't seem like it for us and it didn't seem like it at the time right and and still sometimes i wonder i wonder lord why you took him at such a young age you know my and my 15 year old son suffered so much let me just tell you um i mentioned that he is the middle school camp director at a very large wonderful Christian camp that praise the Lord is running this summer and last year it didn't but my son was angry and and wounded at the Lord for at least 10 years mm -hmm. he could not reconcile the fact that the Lord would snatch out from underneath him you know this man who all he's ever known has been in ministry we we've been hauled all over the over the world yeah. doing ministry and now I am robbed of him at a 15 years old and he, he suffered, but God, God, but God, you know, and he is now in this position where he can minister to, he, he, he rubs shoulders with thousands. I mean, this camp sees, you know, 2000 kids every week for 10 weeks um, throughout the summer. And when, when children, kids have lost a parent, especially a dad, he can, he can talk to them because he knows where they're coming from. And just to see how, how the Lord softened his heart and he, and he, um, he gave all that woundedness and all that pain. So one encouragement is if you have a child that has walked away from the Lord, who, who doesn't seem to want anything to do with the Lord, there's hope. As long as there's breath, there's hope. I mean, I, I remember saying to the Lord after he came, after he got genuinely saved, and I started seeing joy in his life and he was willing to, you know, open himself up to ministry. I said, Lord, if you never answer one more prayer in my life, that's enough. Yeah. You know, I was just so overjoyed. So don't ever lose hope. Don't isolate, surround yourself with people who will love you and pray for you and care for you. But just keep in perspective that God is always in control. And no matter when it looks like everything is flying off the handle and out of control, he has a master plan. And just, you know, stay close to him. Stay in his word. Pray. When, when, when Scott first died, I think I had an open prayer 24 hours. Yeah. Every moment. I just was whispering, you know, Lord, I, I need you. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I need you. 
you know, and he never left me. One thing I, I did want to say that I forgot to mention the first segment, and this was, this has never happened before and it has never happened since, and it probably will never happen again, but very soon after the crash, I was lying in my big king, queen size bed all by myself, crying, and unexplainably, I felt a body behind me. And I thought it was my daughter who crawled in bed. And I turned around and looked, and it wasn't anybody. And it was gone just that fast. And I, I, I know that I know that I know that was the, that was the spirit of God assuring me, I am here. I, you are physically going to feel something pressing against your back, like as if we were spooning, you know, I am here. I'm here. I will not leave you in your darkest hour. I will not leave you. And in your happiest moments, I am here too. So I guess my biggest encouragement is he's always there. And even when you can't feel him, he's holding you. He's promised to never leave us and never forsake us. And to know that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. And what a gift to, to physically feel that for even just a moment. Just a moment. I know it was, it was, it was from God. Um, there's a line in a song that Daddy Mason sings, and it, it, um, it goes, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. And I have, I have gone back to that, to that line many, 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 many times. His heart is always for us. Amen. Amen. I love that song. It's a beautiful song. I'll see if I can find it and link to it in the show notes. You can trace his heart. Robin, thank you so much for sharing your heart, your love for the Lord. I am encouraged and inspired to go out and live every day to the fullest and to share this hope that we have. We have a hope that the world needs. Amen. And when we walk through the valley, um, we have the privilege of sharing that with the others who are in the valley with us. So. Oh, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity actually to relive all these, all these events and, and the sadness. It's always good because then you can look back and, and see how God ministered in those times and then the joy. So it's been, it's been a really nice opportunity to, to just relive that. It's been thank a while. You. Thank you so much for joining us, Robin. And for all of you listening, thanks for joining along. Uh, we would love to have you join us in our Midlife Moms Community and Podcast Facebook group. If you're not there already, we have conversations and it's just a place for us to share our heart and to celebrate and grieve together and just, you know, to know that you're not alone. Uh, what, no matter what valley you're walking through, you're not alone. You are seen, you are loved. And we would love to have you join us there. Just search for us, Midlife Moms Community and Podcast on Facebook. And we'd love to have you join us. Thanks so much again, friends. We will talk to you next time.